Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sideline to Sideline podcast. I'm Ryan here with Michael and we're going to get right into it with our DraftKings picks for week six of NFL action. We're going to start with the quarterbacks and Mike, I'm going to let you start with this one. So I'm very much contemplating just locking in Matthew Stafford. The Lions are facing Jacksonville, who ranks 29th against quarterbacks. Lions are coming off a bye week. They're healthy. They have a 29 team total. I think he's in a really good spot to crush. And I'm having a hard time finding another quarterback that I like. He was also on my list. I just think him and Minshew are going to go at it on Sunday. I think both defenses are subpar. I like the total for that game. I have Kirk Cousins, though, as well. He was my second guy. Atlanta has given up the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks this season. And I know Alexander Madison's a competent backup, but who knows how many times they're actually going to run it. I know he got a lot of run last week with Dalvin being hurt at the half. But hit it. Kirk Cousins against the subpar defense. He could put up a good amount of points with his pass catchers. I'm going to talk about them a little bit later. But I just think Kirk Cousins has a lot of upside against Atlanta, especially with the leads they've been given up. That's fair. I don't mind it. I think if I was to play any other quarterback, I think it would be Fitzpatrick against the Jets. I have that game to talk about later. Yeah, but the Jets are just bad, man. Jameson Crowder's good. Don't hand my man. Yeah, he needs to get out of there like Le'Veon Bell did. We love Bo. He got free. Yeah, we had that rant already, though. But that's what I got for quarterbacks. I'm not really going to stray that much from those two guys. I might play Minshew in that range as well. Yeah, this week's a little weird. Like, a lot of the top quarterbacks aren't on the slate. You could throw in, like, a stray Cam Newton. Oh, one other guy I wanted to just give an honorable mention to is I think Joe Burrow is too cheap. Yeah, I like Andy's defense, though, but... Darius Leonard's out, and last week with him out, they struggled against Cleveland. True, Joe Burrow is down in the five And he's range. good. And he's a low fives. He has some rushing upside. I don't mind him. I don't think I'll go there, but I think there's worse options out there. There is definitely... Yeah, those are my three guys. I'm mainly going to go Cousins and Stafford, maybe a little Minshew. Yeah, I'm strongly debating lock-buttoning Stafford in all my lineups. Wouldn't be a bad call. But now for running back, I just guess who I'm going to say first. Um, Derrick Henry. No. Um, Alexander Madison. No. Huh. Michael, it's for the brand, bro. It's for the brand. Jonathan Taylor? Yes. Hey, so I wrote my article this morning. And I said, I said this a couple weeks ago with Odo Beckham as well. If Jonathan Taylor does not do it this week, he's not going to do it this year. Like, this is the perfect matchup. He's got a crush. Jordan Wilkins is likely going to be out. I don't think he practiced today. I saw that as well. Naheem Hines, 20 carry game inbound. <laughs> Costanzo's back as well. The Bengals have given up the second most rushing yards to opposing offenses like this the is Bengals are on their spot. fourth string defensive tackle. This is a smash spot, man. If, I know, he, if he doesn't do it this week, he's never going to. I know that JT has faced way more stacked boxes than Marlon Mack, and that's large in part due to no Paris Campbell, no Michael Pittman, and T.Y. Hilton being largely ineffective, but and Phillip Rivers too. Yeah, the passing attack as a whole. Yeah, but I think it's the JT breakout week. It's, it's all there. Frank Reich playing more than 50% of the snaps. I'll say it every podcast till it happens. Like, like I said, he has to do it this week, right? I'm going to speak it into existence one of these weeks. I agree. It's going to happen. I hope it's this week. Who else but do you like at running back? Another name I like is Mike Davis. You mean Christian McCaffrey? It's Yeah, it's the last <laughs> week of Mike Davis because I think McCaffrey's coming back. No, he's coming back week eight, correct? Yeah, 
but I don't know when their bye week is, but he is coming back week eight. Yeah, Mike Davis has been the model of consistency in the starts. The pass catching, man. No lower than 22 DraftKings points in his three contests as starting running back. I believe he scored 15 in relief, so I was like halfway through the game anyway. He's averaged almost nine targets in every game he started, so he's a safe floor, and if he gets in the end zone once, the ceiling's high, the floor is safe. I might just throw him in everywhere because I know he's going to get the work. He's in a good spot as well. I don't mind him at all. So what do you got? So first off, I got Alexander Madison. Of course. Smash play. He's in a great spot. I think he's going to be pretty high owned. Even at that price? Yeah, I I still do just because the matchup. Atlanta has given up the most catches to running backs five straight years, and they're on track to do it again this year. They give up a lot of catches to running backs, which builds in a floor. His usage in the second half after the Dalvin Cook injury was phenomenal last week. He had 22 touches, I think. I think that sounds right. And they want to run the ball, so I don't mind him. I like Jonathan Taylor as well. If he doesn't do it this week, he's never going to. I'm going to play him, and I'm probably going to yell at you if he sucks. Yeah, I'm probably going to yell at myself. But if he doesn't do it this week, he's never going to. I like Derrick Henry against Houston, one of the worst run defenses in the league. He's fresh. Darrington Evans is out, who looked pretty good last week. But he's out. He got put on IR, actually. It's never good. And then besides those couple, a couple honorable mentions are – I like James Robinson against Detroit. You could play Kareem Hunt in a tough matchup. I don't know if anyone wants to do that, though. No. And here's my play. And it's the one thing that I try to do is I try to play studs who are in difficult matchups who, because of that matchup, their ownership might be down. But these players are so good that it shouldn't matter. And when following that, that leads me to Aaron Jones this week. Touchdown machine. Touchdown machine. Tampa Bay is a great run defense, but it might not be as good with Vita Vey out. And with him out, that could open up some more running lanes for Aaron Jones. And I think people are just going to see how good Tampa Bay's been in the last two years against the run, and they're just going to stay away from him. But he's been so good that I'm going to go against that, and I'm going to try and leverage that and play him a lot. You know, And one cheap guy I like is DeAndre Swift. I was just about um, to come in and say that. I was trying to steal your thunder there. <laughs> if it's a passing script, he's out there on passing downs for the Lions. He's their pass catching back. Coming out of the bye week, I hope that he's more involved than 38-year-old Adrian Peterson. It's got to happen eventually. He's looked good when he's gotten touches. I hope the touches go up. But he's been pretty consistent on limited touches, so he's not a bad flyer. I was trying to beat the buzzer on you there. That's going to be my cheap play. I mean, he makes sense, right? Yeah, he definitely does. There's one other cheap play if you want to bring him up. I think that's all you. 4,300? I think Melvin Gordon's going to play this week. Do you think Melvin Gordon's going to play? Yes. Because if he doesn't play, is Philip Lindsay a lock? Philip Lindsay is chalk. We're going to have to yeah. eat it. I think he's a no-brainer must-have at 4,300 if Melvin Gordon doesn't play. The coach's exact words were that his DUI, his DUI was not a big deal. Maybe he does play. Well, he was out not practicing today because of illness. It wasn't because of the DUI. So, Yeah, that's a good sign. We'll see what happens That's there. something to keep an eye on, though, because he's a really strong play if Gordon doesn't go. For sure. I see Michael Perrine down here at 4K. <laughs> it's I mean, do, ultimate do you want to take a shot on either of those Jets backs? Perrine maybe so against what? Miami. So what, Balazs is back? Or Balazs is gone. Yeah, Balazs is long gone. 
Bell's gone now. It's down to Gore and, and Perrine, and Perrine was complaining about touches. I'd imagine that, like, they want to get him more involved. I mean, you don't want to, like, lose another player because of Adam it's Gase. Adam, it's Adam Gase. You know they're going to lose him anyway, so. Probably. They're both the minimum at 4K, so. Oh, last player before we move on. David Montgomery. The usage is there. The usage is there. Carolina's run defense is awful. Yeah. I think you could do worse. You could definitely do worse. I guess Carolina's becoming an auto lock for running backs to play against. Yeah, unless you're Kenyon Drake. Hey, that's Chase Edmonds lock week. Yup. So, yeah. So, that's it for running backs for me. There's a lot of options, it feels like. There is. But I want to move on the wide receiver, and I'm just going to, you know, keep the stacks in play. I have Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. I like it. Obviously, against Atlanta, you could do way worse than these two. They're a little expensive, though. Adam Thielen, 7.3K, and Justin Jefferson, 6 flat. But when Adam Thielen gets, you know, the targets, it's been there. Those last two games, he has 23 targets. He had 29 points in both those games, 29.2 in the game against Houston and 29.3 against Seattle. I feel like that's his ceiling at this point, but he had another 30-point game. So he's three out of five on those games this season. Yeah, he's been really good, kind of quietly too. He's been very quietly good, scoring six touchdowns on the season. He's only not scored in one game, and he has two multi-touchdown games. It's starting to look like last year was an anomaly, just injuries. Definitely he was. real was. strong the year before, and then last year he kind of busted in most people's fantasy leagues. But he's bounced back real strong this year. For sure. And then we have Justin Jefferson, who had that monster game against the Titans, which is one of Adam Thielen's down games. He had seven for 175 and a touchdown on nine targets. And then he had a strong follow-up with four receptions for 103 yards against Houston. But he was relatively quiet this past week. His salary still went up by... 500, but he only recorded three for 23. It was mostly a ground game with Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison in relief, and then Thielen caught the two touchdowns. But I think either of these are worth a look. Yeah, I think the whole offense is worth a look, honestly. Against Atlanta? Yeah. And there's obvious options on Atlanta to bring it back with as well. You also know I have to bring up next. And he's a guy at 5-2, and he coincidentally scored four times on me last <laughs> week. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and talk about him. You didn't talk about my guy, though, so I'm happy. If the guy who many are calling Maple Megatron at this point. Yep. <laughs> he had seven receptions for 110 yards and three touchdowns and 11 targets, and he also added a rushing touchdown. And he scored 50 – or not 50, almost 50, 45.6 DraftKings points against my Eagles. <laughs> no Deontay Johnson this week. Everything aligns. Everything does align. I mean, I don't think he'll have a linebacker on him as much this week. The only thing that scares me with him is I feel like everyone's going to play him. Yeah. I feel like Juju would be the nice. Yeah, Juju could be a nice pivot off of him for sure. Because I don't hear anyone talking about Juju. Neither do I. And I don't trust James Washington too much. Me neither. Juju has a nice price at 6.6, right above Marquise Brown. And Chris Godwin, who's back. Yep. But I have one more play. Let's hear it. I actually have two. I have to talk about Robbie Anderson. Shout out, Austin. At 6.3, he gets the volume of a number one. He's routinely putting up 10-plus targets a game. If he gets the scoring, these games that have been good for him turn into monster games. He's only had one touchdown on the season, but he's recorded double digits in every game. And like, what's not to like about Robbie Anderson? Teddy Bridgewater just looks his way. What did DJ Moore do to Teddy Bridgewater, man? He doesn't catch his eye, I guess. Like, That's what I'm saying, man. I don't know what's going on there. Like 
it's not even like his targets are bad. It's just that, like, compared to Robbie Anderson, like, he's just a definite number two to Robbie right now, which is kind of weird Yeah, to come in and do that to one of your very talented young players, but they're doing it. It happens. So I actually have two more now. I was going to the pricing <laughs> and one caught my eye. I see AJ Brown here at five. Yeah, six. that was mine. You could talk about him right now, and then I'll go on to my next guy. The pricing is just criminal. Five, six. It's a literal no-brainer. You just plug him into your lineup because at this price, there's no way he doesn't crush. Houston isn't good against like anything. Their defense is bad. The game total is 53. They're going to be scoring on both sides. You brought up how Minnesota got after Tennessee in the passing game. I imagine Deshaun Watson's going to be able to do the same, especially after he finally got a connection with Cooks last week. And A.J. Brown's targets are so solid. He's played two games this year. He had eight and nine targets. I know he struggled week one, but that should be put into context because week one, Denver had a good defense. Everyone was healthy. He probably had a matchup with A.J. Boye that week. And he comes back against Buffalo, another really tough matchup, has seven for 82 and a touchdown. Now he gets an easy matchup against Houston, and I think he could have a monster game. I definitely agree with that. There's one more that I have, and it's our boy here at the pod. You already know what's coming. Visca? Yes. Yep. I think I'm going to have him as a bring-back option on a lot of my teams. I mean, he leads the team in catches. I don't know what the status of DJ Shark is this week yet. I think it's looking pretty iffy. That ankle's been nagging him forever, it seems. I know this injury is new, but like, yeah, if you, like injury like all report, just, if you look back on the injury report, it's just ankle, 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 ankle. It's just not good, but they're just, you know, getting LaVisca touches and yeah, they create touches for him. Whether the backfield, whether it's, you know, yeah, I agree. To the air. Like when looking at his numbers on the year, it almost feels like he doesn't have too high of a ceiling, but it also feels like he has a really safe floor. Well, if he starts scoring. Yeah, that's true. He only has one touchdown. With all the work that he gets, I feel like at 5-2, he could be a fantastic play, especially with, like I said, Gardner Minshew versus Matt Stafford. It's going to be a chunk of game. Nice pivot off of Claypool, too. I don't know. I really like in the 5K range for receivers. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. And you didn't bring up my guy, so I get to talk about him. I'm happy. I hope your guy is not 4-7. He's not. In the pricing. I do want to, scrolling through here, I want to bring up T. Higgins real quick and how great he's looked so far. Yeah, he's their number one. <laughs> didn't see that one coming. I didn't either, but he's looked really good in a tough matchup last week too. He's about he's to get still got there. Yeah, I mean AJ Green's dust. He looks so bad. I'm, and for him to come out and like show no effort on that interception, for him to say trade me on the sideline, it looked like he said yeah. like you're supposed to be a professional. You're supposed to be here to help the young player, not cry the whole time and make his job harder. Yeah. I'm not surprised he beat out A.J. Green, especially after last year, but I'm surprised he beat out Tyler Boyd. Yeah, same. You know what A.J. Green should be doing right now? Look at Larry Fitzgerald in Arizona. That's what you should be, A.J. Green. Instead, you're a scumbag. <laughs> I hope you get traded to the Jets. Adam Gase won't do that. but That's, yeah. what, that's what A.J. Green deserves, though. Yeah, I'm scrolling yeah. down a little further here. I see my boy Tim Patrick off of his monster game week four. I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, you're not going to talk about the guy right below him? Uh, I was going to get to that. I'm I'm making my way down. Go ahead. I think Tim Patrick's a good play against New England. He had six for 113 and a touchdown. Seemed like his breakout game. Yep. I just like him, you know, in some spots. I wouldn't, like, lock him in or anything. But if I needed a cheap wide receiver play, he'd be my second option behind what I like to call Eagles legend Travis Fulgham. Yeah, if you want to call him that, go ahead. 
<laughs> it's, it's a Twitter kind of thing. That's what they were saying. <laughs> 13 targets last week. What? <laughs> I mean, he made the great play at the end of the game before that, too. Yeah, and San Fran. And Wentz is like, yeah, I'm going to trust him and throw his way 13 times. Hey, he's got to throw to someone, right? He I mean, how bad. Ertz. Yeah, like Ertz of his 18 yards in the last two games combined. Like, jeez. Yeah, I'm in on Travis Fulgham. Tough matchup, though. I mean, who else is once going to throw the ball to? I'm not concerned about Travis Fulgham's target share until these guys start coming back. Like, Yeah, I get it. And, like, even when those guys come back, outside of Rager, like, he shouldn't see touches to D-Jax or Jeffrey. The one that really scares me about Fulgham's targets is Goddard when Goddard yeah, comes back. Yeah, when Goddard comes back, definitely. That's the one that scares me a lot because Rager's just going to take the deep looks like the John Hightower looks that he's been getting. Like, so. But Goddard's going to be probably the number one in the whole offense when he comes back. Oh, for sure. But yeah, as of now, even with a tough matchup, I'm not too concerned. I feel like I know they dominated Cincinnati last week. They utterly dominated. I don't feel like they're going to dominate the Eagles that bad. I feel like they're going to beat the Eagles, of course. But I feel like the Eagles are at least competent enough to put up somewhat of a fight. Yeah, definitely. So I guess that moves you to your wide receiver plays, which somehow with all of my naming these guys, I didn't get your guy somehow. All right. So for one, I'm just going to ask you about this player. What do you do with Julio Jones at 6,700? Do you trust think, that he's healthy? I don't think he plays this week. He's playing. No injury he's, designation. He's playing? Yep. They were literally like yesterday – Hey, he's not going to play, bro. Like He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. He practiced limited on Friday and has no injury designation. That's news to me. I literally didn't think he was playing. I don't trust it. Like, we've seen Julio do this and then have big games before, but, like, I just don't know what to think. It's a great matchup, but, like, I can't trust the hamstring, I don't think. If he plays, I like Calvin Ridley more, though. Oh, for sure. He'll draw some of the attention away from yep. Ridley. I think that makes me like Calvin Ridley more at 78. Besides that, though... I think so, that bumps up everyone else if he plays besides Julio. Yeah, I probably. And then, I mean, so I brought this up earlier in our group chat. If I told you a player had 39 targets over three games, what would you say? Nice. <laughs> so, Allen Robinson, since Nick Foles took over, just get, is just getting force-fed. He has 39 targets over three games. He hasn't had less than 19 in any of those games. It's a really tough matchup, but, like, that's like Michael Thomas last year, a quantity. And he's so talented that if you give him that many targets, he's going to make something happen. Odell Beckham, I know he left with the illness, but the Steelers' defense has been surprisingly weak in this back half in the secondary. They've given up a lot of big plays. And Odell's kind of been turning it on last couple weeks. Mm-hmm. He got missed on a wide-open touchdown last week, or he crushes again. I don't mind him, but my favorite play of the whole week is Kenny Galladay. Of course. 6,200. I mean, if I'm locking in Stafford. Galladay came back, and he's been a little limited because he was dealing with a hamstring, mm-hmm. but he scored in both weeks. He had 16, and he had 17. Then he got a bye week to get healthy, and now he faces a Jacksonville team that's without two of their top three corners. I think he's a no-brainer at that price. A.J. Brown, we already talked about him. Vista and Claypool, we talked about both of them. Here, I'll go cheaper for you. I have a dirty play. Oh, boy. So, if the game plays, I'm not sure if the game's going to play or not, but with the New England-Denver game, if that game plays, I like Demir Bird. He's had two games where he had, like, no targets, and then he's had a game where he had nine targets and a game where he had ten targets. I think down here he has upside, and I don't mind it. Obviously, you got to watch and see if the game plays. Mm-hmm. Because if it doesn't play, like, you can't use him, obviously. But I think he could be a strong play. I feel that. 
And the other one is you brought up what the Minnesota receivers did to Tennessee, right? Yeah. It could be a Wolf Fuller week. It's always a Wolf Fuller week. What do you mean? I think it really could be a Wolf Fuller week. He's been actually really good this year as number one. Yes. Outside of the game, the mysterious, what, hamstring game in week two, he's had no less than 15. He's been playing good. And I think that he's due to bust one. People aren't looking at him the same way in that regard because, you know, he's been consistent. <laughs> he hasn't right. shown you, like, the flash. So so people are kind of forgetting about him, but I like him. And my last player that I kind of like is Terry McLaurin, just the volume. He hasn't had less than seven targets in a game this year. He kind of dudded with Ramsey on him last week, but now he gets to the Giants, which actually isn't that easy of a matchup because Bradbury's been phenomenal this year. But I just think on volume alone, he gets there. So that's it for me. We're going to waste no time and move right into tight end where I have a extremely cheap play. I've been oh, seeing, yeah? I've been seeing it touted on the timeline, and I – I bet you I like the same person. Is it Trey Burton? No, it is not, but I do like Trey Burton. At 3-1, he's getting – what. What if I told you I like someone for the stone men? Oh, boy. That's... Let's hear about Trey Burton, though. I'll say yeah. that. <laughs> he has 11 targets in his past two games. I mean, for 3.1, there's no talent on the outside in Indy with Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman sitting out. I know T.Y. Hilton's there, but T.Y. Hilton's been largely ineffective, like I said. Yep. So, Trey Burton's been what seems the number one tight end over Jack Doyle. Molly Cox is out for this game. Which makes sense. He's a more talented player than Doyle. He is. And at 3-1, I think the upside's there for the swing. Yeah, I think the floor is there, too, with the targets he's been getting. For sure. Phillip Rivers likes to look, you know, check downs. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's all he does. So what's your cheap play? My cheap tight end? Irv Smith. It's got to happen. Twitter. So last week, he hasn't done, like, anything all year. But then last week, Irv Smith had four for 64 on five targets. And he ran around on 73% of Minnesota's passing attempts. He actually outsnapped Kyle Rudolph. And this was in a game that they were leading in. It wasn't in a game where they were having to throw, mm-hmm. which regardless of how you feel about the Falcons as a team, they're going to put points up and you're going to have to throw to beat them. So I think he plays a lot. The Falcons are 27th against tight ends. And the talent there with Irv Smith is just if they ever use them. Yeah, someone ran the big FanDuel contest with Irv Smith, and I think they won 50 them in the captain. That's amazing. They max entered him in the captain's <laughs> That's amazing. I had Alexander Madison in my lineup for the contest last week for that showdown, and still didn't hit. That stinks. That was a bad one. I had DK in the captain slot. And I, I did too. I DK in the captain spot. Madison in a flex still didn't hit because Justin Jefferson and David Moore. That David Moore touchdown that he dropped at the end of the game probably is the difference. But You're getting a lot of drop touchdowns in daily. We're going to save that for another time. <laughs> yeah. I've ran cold this year in some spots. Another tight end that I really like is Mike Gusecki. Yeah. Going against like the Jets. Eighth most fantasy points, like I said. Sneaky shootout potential in this game. I feel like Joe Flacco is going to come out and put up a lot of points. <laughs> it would be on brand because I played him last week. That's just my gut feeling. I feel like Joe Flacco and – my boy, Jeff Smith. Yeah, we didn't bring him up at receiver. No, he gets a lot of targets. Yeah, he does. He does nothing with them. Yeah, maybe this week will be the week. But that's what I got for tight end. I'm going to really, you know, hone in on those two guys. Maybe a little bit of Mark Andrews if I feel like it. Maybe a little okay. bit of Johnny Smith. Yep, that was one of the guys I was just about to bring up. He's been really good this year. He's been really good this year. It's finally the breakout that I expected. 
just a year late when yeah, I Yeah, he's just him. such a good athlete. So I'll talk about the guy right above him, TJ Hawkinson. I like this game. Hawkinson's our most used player in the red zone. We pepper him here in Detroit. His target floor, he hasn't had a game with us in four targets. If the game's a shootout, he'll be on the field more. He'll be on there in passing downs. He could score two touchdowns. He's caught 15 of 20 passes. He's been like one of the most efficient pass catchers in all of football. If you really wanted to, you could like play Zach Ertz. Oh. Okay. <laughs> he's been so bad. But one like, of these weeks he's going to hit though. And you know. I mean, I mean, and like if you look before the last two games, like you'd take any of those games for this price. For sure. And if he like the seven for 70 week, if he finds the touchdown that week, he absolutely crushes. And the targets are still there. I mean, I think I'm mostly done at the tight end position. There's one guy I have to bring up though, and he's pancake between Janu and Zach Ertz. It's the boy. Robert Tanyan? Robert Tanyan. I don't know what to make of Tanya. Neither do I. He's probably going to score again, though. <laughs> That's what he does. So, I guess last guy, and then I'm good at tight end, honestly, is Austin Hooper. It's a good pick. His usage has gone up and up, and at 3,900, I think he's priced fair. Last two weeks, he has 17 targets combined, so they're starting to figure out ways to use them. And in a game where I expect Pittsburgh to get a lot of pressure on Baker Mayfield, he can be pretty busy all game. For sure, this is where I'd be targeting the free agent acquisitions that haven't shown up, like Brandon Cooks, who yep. showed up last week, Austin Hooper, who's starting to show up. This is where I target those guys at lower price points. And you got to think, is this is the point in the season where you could see a lot of those acquisitions turn it on because they didn't have a preseason or a training camp, really? No. So, like, this would be like the end of the preseason going to the regular season now in terms of game action. So you could see some of these guys, especially the rookies as well. You could see the rookies really start to turn it on. I mean, they have been very impressive thus far. Yeah. I think a guy like Judy could like explode in the second half with Drew Locke finally healthy. I could see it for sure. But that concludes it here for me. I don't know if you're done with your picks. I'm done. I want to bring up a defense though. Oh, defense. We usually yeah. don't do that around here. Go for it real quick. I'm lock buttoning a defense. Wow. Never thought I'd see the day. I'm lock-buttoning Washington. Yeah, that's a good play. With the front seven and the pass rush that Washington gets against Daniel Jones, you see what they did week one against Philly, and I could see something really similar. And Daniel Jones is a turnover machine. He is. So I think that's just a real good combination. And Chase Young's healthy now, too. So I mean, they've given up the second most points. They're tied first, actually, for opposing defenses. Fancy points allowed. So... It's a good matchup. Yep. And I guess that concludes it here for us at the Sideline to Sideline podcast with our week six DraftKings preview. We hope to see you next week for our week six takeaways where we review this week of NFL action. See you guys soon. Come on.